Awol Alo, fellow in human rights here at LSE, the Centre for the Study of Human Rights and editor of a new book coming out soon, I think, The Courtroom as Space of Resistance. Right. Now I'm a lawyer. A courtroom isn't a space of resistance. A courtroom is a space for adjudication, punishment, justice. A courtroom is a space. What you can do with that space is really up to the particular actor that found himself in that position. So the, it is precisely the fact that it is a space that makes it available for political deployment. Governments use it, individuals also use it. Absolutely, I can understand that. And we've got Mandela, who's the main subject, I think, one of the main subjects of the work. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's an amazing, I would say possibly one-off. Uh, we had IRA terrorists in my country, so-called terrorists, and they used to refuse to recognize the court. Or we had the Bader-Meinhof, a Red Army faction in Germany who rejected the whole system. They were tried too. Is it sort of anybody who's able to, as it were, deploy the space in that way? Or are you saying, oh, I like Mandela, he's fine. Oh, I don't like the IRA. I'm judging here. They are primarily available for governments to, to, to use them. But the extent to which individuals can deploy the courtroom as a space of resistance is very limited. But depending on the particular strategy that those particular individuals design, depending on their understanding of the law, depending on their conception of the juridical sphere, there is still opportunities, transformative opportunities to be appropriate. But you've in a sense given a point away, I think, because you've said, oh, mainly it's government. And of course we think of Stalin's show trials. Yeah. You've given up on objective fact-finding, due process, law and order, and therefore it becomes a performative event. And the governments are always going to win that. Stalin would always trump Mandela. No, not, not necessarily. So. I think the, the kind of political trial that, that takes place within stable constitutional democracies is different from the political trial that takes place within uh, authoritarian states such as Nazi Germany or uh, Stalinism. But the point is that the space of the courtroom, precisely because of the architectural space, precisely because of the discursive nature of legal norms and legal rules, because of that open indeterminacy, there is a space that can be appropriate, and it has been done in several occasions. But the extent to which that can be effectively deployed depends on a number of factual, legal, uh, and also local circumstances. I see what you mean. So take, say, Ethiopia, which you write about a lot, and you, you're from Ethiopia, yeah. I think. Yeah. There's been a recent trial, Al-Habash trial, so-called terrorist conspiracy charges against a variety of leaders of uh, an Islamic organization, a religious element. Uh, you call it the most outrageous fraud imaginable. I mean, strong words. Yeah. For an academic, but then you, so, you use the language of, I would call it the language of human rights to explain why it is. Lack of due process, infringements of freedom of religion. Yeah. Is this human rights thing? You're in the center of human yeah. rights. Is yeah. it a good defense against this kind of abuse of legal processes? The point I'm making in that particular piece is that the ways in which the Ethiopian government deploys its courts and its, uh, its legal system overall is one very much similar to the situation we had in apartheid South Africa. I'm not saying that Ethiopia is the same as apartheid South Africa, but in fact, if you actually look at the particular operation of these two courts, that is apartheid courts and Ethiopian courts today, in apartheid, the legal system is quite legalistic. That is, yeah. the correspondence between law and the actions of the government are respected. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the Ethiopian government on that scale, they can't pass that scale mm. because there's simply no correspondence. They're not playing it's, any it's, kind it's, of it's game. Quite, it's very arbitrary. 
Now, does that mean that human rights, which people say is kind of Western, and you're a kind of crit guy, that human rights is really helpful here as a way of articulating the critique of the government? Would that be true? You're a kind of universalist on human rights. No, I, I wouldn't say I am universalist, but in that particular case, people are denied the basic right to defend themselves. The ways in which counter-terrorism legislations are used today is pretty much similar in their logic, in their rationality, with that of how um, um, anti-communism laws were deployed in apartheid South Africa and other parts of the world. So what I am against in that particular case is the ways in which people are denied the very basic right due process to defend themselves in the court. So whether you articulate that in the language of human rights and something else doesn't really matter. To so you're a kind of reluctant human rights guy. Here I did. Well, I, I would say I am interested in human rights, but I want to see it critically. Yes. So, you know, I like the values that the Enlightenment gave us, yeah. but not a complete affirmation of those values, but, you know, insofar as they gave us the language of human rights, the language of liberty, equality. You want to take that? I want to take that, yeah. but at the same time I want to be aware of the kinds of things that they conceal now, and normalize. Your writing, if I may say so, is very compelling, partly because it is so aggressive, so strong. People might say flamboyant. Where are you going to be in the future? An academic, political activist? What does the future hold for you? Um, I've always seen myself as an academic, and um, I am at the moment an, an aspiring academic. Um, but I think uh, the reason that I have um, entered into um, the realm of activism at the moment is what goes on in my country is uh, simply intolerable uh, to anyone with a right-thinking mind. So it's my duty as an individual to uh, contribute my part in terms of transforming the political process in that country. Well, hello. Thank you very much for subjecting yourself to the Gucci Grilling. Thank you. Thanks for having me.